So welcome, friends and family. This is the two grandmas, Mary Lou and Elizabeth, in Ashland. And we thought it would be fun to get together and talk about some of the things that were important to us as we grew up, perhaps some of the things that, from our perspective of how you were growing up, we're, we know we're going to have a good time or we won't keep doing this. And we hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, you don't have to listen. And it's all right if you want to share this with your friends and family, but we're not planning to go public. And we're just going to, this is going to be very informal and we hope enjoyable all the way around. Mary Lou, do you want to add something to that? Yes, yeah, we thought it would be fun from our perspective. Um, as the grandmas, we share a lot of experiences. We that we similar experiences and yet many different ones too which we thought it'd be fun to share with you and so we're just gonna try this out and see how it goes and the way it's gonna work is we will give you send an email when we are publishing a new little episode in case there's more than the first one and you so you'll get an email with the link to this um, little uh, vignette. Yes, I this, like this that. Little, That's what you. This little vignette, and that, it's. Um, that was how Elizabeth presented it to me. I yes. like that vignette. And the site is called Anchor. So if that appears in the material we send you, that's that's what this is. So we were thinking this first episode might be about how we how we experienced communication because that perhaps is one of the things that is the most different from today, from long ago yesterdays. And Mary Lou, you want to start out a little bit? Or? Yes, we, we got this idea really talking, I think it was with Nick and Andy, well, I don't know which, Nick and Andy and Riley anyway, last week. And we realized how different in these few years, really, it, it, is, it is now. I bet you don't <laughs> think it's a few years. <laughs> to us, it seems like a few years. So it, it was sort of fun to talk about it a bit with them, and then Elizabeth and I thought more about it. And, um, well, one thing, several thoughts we had at the time, but one thing was um, that came up with us when we were growing up, we had uh, long-distance calls, regular calls and collect calls. I thought of that Ooh, after we yes. talked, remember? And now you probably do I mean you wouldn't even know what 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 is a collect call. Well, um so we'll get into that, but uh phoning was very expensive. So as I started thinking back when I was a kid, I didn't really call my friends, which of course my family knows now. I I do that a lot, um, <laughs> but when we were growing up, you didn't really call your friends. You'd see them at school, you'd see them after school, play with them, and then you'd wait till the next day to see them. We didn't think of using the phone to call our friends, and when we were little, and then you talked about a party line that you had, so. Yes, I'd, 
our phone was one of those really old-fashioned phones. It was a little crank phone that hung on the wall, a wooden oh, yeah. box with a crank on the side. <laughs> and we lived out in the country, and we had a, what's called a party line, which meant there were about a dozen people who all shared the same line. And when a phone call came in, it would come as a series of rings. Ours was three longs and six shorts or something. Our, our phone number was 12R63. And everybody who was on the party line, which was all of our close neighbors, they all heard that ring and knew which family was going to be answering the phone. And as soon as you picked up the phone, you'd hear all these click, 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 clicks all up and down the line as everybody listened in to see what you might be saying and who's calling you and what do they want and what are you going to say to them. And of course, my mother and father, who were relatively private people, informed us that we should never say anything on the telephone. We did not want the entire neighborhood to listen to because that was the reality. So my experience with, with the phone was you didn't use it except in really mm -hmm. important kind of emergency mm -hmm. communications. Yes, and also it was the, t uh, the, the uh, length of time of the call was very important. So because as in Elizabeth's case, there were other people who might need to use the phone. In my case, I don't remember having a party line, but I remember that it was to be used for very important information, and then you you got off. It wasn't like now. Um, and when I, I was thinking when I went away to, to college, um, and it's just so different now, it's so funny, but um, my parents didn't know from Sunday to Sunday what I was doing, where I was, they just assumed I was doing well, and I was in Ann Arbor, um, but I was only to call them on Sunday, unless it was an emergency, and then I could call anytime, but Sunday, they wanted to catch up, see how I was, how I was doing, I wanted to see how they were doing, so it was a very... It was a very, um, the importance uh, of it was, uh, was drilled into us. I think it was a special thing. Is, is college when yeah. you learned about collect calls? Oh, yes. Yeah. So that was when I learned about collect calls. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> because they were expensive. So I forget if I called every Sunday. I must have. Yeah, I must have called collect. I don't remember now if I called collect all the time, but that was very important that, um, yeah, you always let your children know in an emergency, you know, all, you can always, if you have no money with you, you can always call collect. And the operator then, uh, for those of you who don't know how that worked, the phone would ring and the operator you know, would say, I have a collect call from Mary Lou. And, uh, you know, the parents, of course, would say, yes, yes, yes. They were all excited, but um, you were always, and I'm sure, you know, your parents said, yes, always call if, you're, if you're, you have any problems or emergency, yeah.
Yes, but also when I was in college, the only phone that I had access to was in the hallway of the dormitory. So oh, it was yes. very similar to yes. a party line. That is right. <laughs> Me too. There was a yeah. phone in the hall. That's so right. you could get your emergency yeah. phone yeah. call That's or right. you could make one. Yes. But you didn't yeah. chat on the phone. No. The way we communicated no. when I went off to college was letters. And we yeah. my my parents wrote letters mm -hmm. once a week and I wrote letters yeah. once a week. And there was quite a lag yeah. time between mm -hmm. when they would hear my news and I would respond and mm -hmm. to their news. It it wasn't yeah. there. There yes. was nothing yes. like today's instant. Everybody yes. knows everything. Yeah. It just was all slowed down, and you were very much on your own. Yeah. You you were yeah. expected to solve all the everything short of emergencies. Yes, you no, didn't call right. home to say, no. "What do I do about this?" No, no, it no. That's just right. Was a no. whole different world. and letters because you didn't get an answer right away. You wouldn't ask anything. A, le a letter was just to catch up and. I wrote too, and um, I have very favorite uh, memories of letter writing hmm. when I was in college because my mom was not fond of writing letters, and she, in her latter years, of course, loved to talk on the phone, but writing letters was not her thing, but my dad had grown up, hmm. I don't know, somehow that he loved the written word, and so I looked forward to getting a letter from my dad and these great flourishes of his handwriting and I've kept a few of them to now because they're very dear to me but um yeah and he would <laughs> he would just write about oh we had roast beef for dinner last <laughs> night and you know it was just common things like that but those letters were what kept I, us close those years and then having a brother still at home too my brother dick was still at home when george and i were in college and so it was what's dick doing and i would just wait for the letters and dick wrote me too we all were big letter writers and you know you think now i guess that's just yeah, you sort of had to be to find yeah. out what was going yeah. on and yeah. in our family we were very lucky because my father also was a great oh. letter writer yes. and a and a and a recorder of everything and he when my sister went off to europe in in college actually when she first went off to college which was just into madison the nearby city he started writing a letter once a week to the entire to Susan and and the really kind of chronicled what the family was doing mm -hmm. and and then he was he also would talk about politics of what were interesting things that were going on and some of what various relatives were doing he became a kind of hub of all the information and he mm -hmm. passed it along in this this letters that he started writing when my older sister went to college and he wrote for the rest of his life mm -hmm. and it became mm -hmm. it, we started calling it the carbon line because as each child went off to college we were added to the <laughs> list and mother said wait a minute i want to get one of these letters too so she went on her sister went on various <laughs> friends of the family went on and this isn't the days of of typing on a computer this is the days of a little typewriter and using onion skin paper which is the thinnest possible mm. paper you could have with 
pieces of carbon in between. So you'd get, we had about maybe eight people on the carbon line. So each rendition of this letter on the yellow onion skin paper got fainter, fainter. and fainter. And, and to be fair to all of us, my father would rotate us through. So you'd get a bright copy one, one time, then it would begin to fade until you could barely make it out. And then the next time you'd get a bright copy. And it became a, an amazing chronicle, both of the activities of our whole family, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, but also just the things that were going on in the world that were really interesting. And when my father kind of semi-retired from newspaper work in Madison, Wisconsin, they moved to Berkeley, California, where he was an adjunct lecturer at the University of California and Berkeley, right at the height of the free speech movement. So we got a front row seat on all mm. the activities in Sproul Plaza, and it just was, First it was hand. fascinating. He loved oh. it. He was just in his element. And, and it was a journal, really, that, that uh, of what was going on at it, the time, and sharing it with all the Absolutely, and oh, along yeah. with, you know, <clears throat> what Aunt Beulah was yeah, doing, yeah. and what Susan, mm. my sister, was doing, and... It just, it was, a, it's oh, a yeah. wonderful oh, family yes, record, yes. Oh, which yeah. we all totally enjoyed. Yeah, and were you, now you were in the East Coast? Yes. Then. Yeah, yes. so you were really, I mean, you were a whole coast away. Oh, yeah, yes. So that, that must have meant so much. You know? Oh, yes, oh, yeah. absolutely, because yeah. you didn't, you didn't even go home for Thanksgiving because mm -hmm. it was too short. Yeah. And you didn't fly yeah. on airplanes then. That was mm -hmm. way out of reach. Mm -hmm. You took a train, which yeah. took several days to get from the East Coast to the Midwest. Sure. And it, you didn't yeah. ride in a sleeper car. Mm -hmm. You sat up mm -hmm. and you were harassed by sailors. And <laughs> <laughs> it was... <laughs> it wasn't uh, an everyday occurrence. No, for you, sure. went, uh, yeah. you went home for Christmas. Yeah. But it meant you were on yeah. your own with just letters yeah. yes. for all those yeah. months, which is yes, so different from how it is today. I know, it is. It, it, I think of that so often too. And even going, uh, I wasn't too far from, I wasn't as far from home as you were. I was in Ann Arbor and my family lived in Detroit then. And so it was, I think about it at that time, probably an hour's drive. Mm -hmm. and, but that was still a big drive then. And um, and my mom was teaching and my dad was working. So it was a weekend, uh, maybe on a Sunday, they'd drive up with Dick to see me, but not certain, maybe once a month or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, But we, we were just on our own. I know it was, it's so, it's so funny to... To think of that now, the way it is now, and yes. even going, my parents did take me to college when I started, and I felt so fortunate. They, I think Dick came too, you know, and we did the whole moving into the dorm. But my uh, best friend from college, Jean, who mm -hmm. you've met, mm -hmm. we were roommates in Ann Arbor, and she was from Chicago. And uh, she was the baby of the family. Her parents were, were very busy with other other kids and activities and they just they put her on a train sent her to Ann Arbor to college mm -hmm. I mean they never even saw where she was going to school mm -hmm. they just said okay yep 
we'll see you get on the train and and so and she didn't go home until I think it was Christmas mm -hmm. they didn't have much money and they just said okay we'll we'll get you a ticket at Christmas but you're on your own so my being in Detroit really worked out beautifully for yeah. us yeah. because every so often we wanted to get away from school and, you know, get out of the dorm, or the other girls were driving us crazy or something, uh, I'd ask mom and dad, well, can we come home for the weekend, and can I bring Jean, and, you know, they loved her, and they'd come and get us on Friday, and we'd go home, and they'd oh, take great. us back Sunday once in a while, and, yeah. and now Jean yes. remembers very fondly, because yeah. she couldn't go yeah. to Yeah, I had that yeah. experience yeah. With, with good friends of mine uh -huh. in college, is I yeah. could go home on the weekends yeah. Yeah. with with yeah. two or three different friends. Mm -hmm. I would go home on the weekends, and those were very it's special. Very special, because we'd sleep in, and then, you know, my parents would cook for us. Yes. And they'd let us sleep till, you know, <laughs> noon. Cooked food. Yeah. Ooh. Because <laughs> dorm food then and dorm food now are very different yes. things, yes. I have learned. Yes, <laughs> and it was eat what's on your plate yeah. or yeah. wait till tomorrow. Yeah, and there weren't any salad bars and no. such no. then. No. So it, you really wanted to get out of there and have your home cooking when you could. So, yeah. I thought of something this morning which just amused me no end. And that was that when we were growing up, there was a thing called Cracker Jacks. Little mm -hmm. boxes that had some bright red graphics I think on that's, it. They're still around. Maybe they're still around. I think they so. and they they were the equivalent yeah. of Har of Harry and David's moose munch <laughs> then. <laughs> and for a very special treat every once in a while we'd get be able to get a box of cracker jacks. We didn't really care very much about the caramel popcorn that was inside. What we wanted was the little toy that was at the bottom of the Cracker Jacks. And the toy yeah. we were looking for was the Dick Tracy Special Communicator Watch, which, oh, yes. which yes. was a very I crummy that. little paper and mm -hmm. tin little thing, but you could strap it on your wrist and you could pretend that you could communicate with that little watch. Mm -hmm. And this was the most wild reach of imaginative future possibilities. No one had any idea that this would ever be possible. But we just, with this little Dick Tracy watch, we, we leapt into the future, which now we live. Which, <laughs> it's the darndest. Which now our family have their Apple watches. Oh, no. And I just recently disconnected from my landline, so now I am totally on my Dick Tracy phone. <laughs> I just get a huge kick out of that um. idea. Because it's quite, I mean, back then, it wasn't even, was your television black and white? It didn't exist. It, did you have one as, well, at it first? Was, it, at right, all. but first That's it right. wasn't, didn't yeah. exist, and then it, yeah. then you, your then, family didn't have one, yeah. and then That's it was right. about five uh, yeah. inches square and black yeah. and white. Yeah. But for me, yeah. uh, we didn't have television in our home until after when I was in college. Mm. It just mm -hmm. wasn't possible. So the mm. the world has shifted dramatically mm -hmm. in our yes. 
I guess it's not a short lifetime, yeah. but it seems like such a short amount of time that it yeah. that going from almost zero technology to this amazing instant communication with everybody. 